Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 22 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're continuing to look at verse 16. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Well, God is, um, in the first instance, laying down the law for the household. And the household... The marriage relationship, and through marriage, children would come forth. The household has been the building blocks of every society in the nations of the world. And and, and so this is a very extremely important principle that God is establishing in the house, in the home. And, you know, when... A man and a woman come together, and God joins them together in marriage, and they become one flesh, yet there will necessarily be decisions that have to be made, and if if it is not clear, if it is not established right from the start, who has the final say, is it the husband or the wife, who makes the final determination, then really that is not a good thing, but it will lead to confusion and it will lead to arguments because one will feel they have as much authority and and the ability to make that final decision as the other. And, and they'll just butt horns in the marriage. And so God in a very wise way, has determined in the household the wife will submit to the husband. And uh, in, in so doing, we know he's established a spiritual picture of the bride of Christ submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've seen that spiritual picture between Adam and Eve all throughout uh, since their creation. And so too here, where the wife's desire is to her husband, and spiritually we saw that means she'll have an ongoing desire to do the will of God. True believers desire to keep God's commandments, and he shall rule over thee. Now the Hebrew word translated as rule is 49.10 in Strong's Concordance, and it's a word that uh, is used in connection with a king or a government. For instance, in 1 Kings chapter 4, it says in verse 21, And Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river unto the land of the Philistines and unto the border of Egypt. The word reigned is the same Hebrew word translated as the husband 
rules, or he rules, um, as our verse says in Genesis 3.16, that he shall rule over thee, referring back to the woman. It's translated as governor. We're not going to turn there, but in Genesis 45, verse 26, regarding Joseph. Joseph was governor of Egypt, and that meant that he possessed the authority. He could um, command people to do things. He could tell people to do things. And they were under authority to him because Pharaoh had given him the authority. And and they were bound and obligated to obey him. In Zechariah chapter 6. In Zechariah 6, it says, beginning in verse 12, And speak unto him saying, Thus speaketh Jehovah of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, and he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of Jehovah. Even he shall build the temple of Jehovah, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. So there again, the branch is a reference to the Lord Jesus. He will sit upon his throne and rule, reign. It, it's the same idea. It is to have the power of a king. And, you know, in looking up this word, as we saw with Solomon, and now in this verse in Zechariah, we can see through this verse in Genesis why some men... Um, have said, and, and it was a saying you would hear from time to time, that a man's home is his castle, because this word is establishing the rule of man in his own home. And I know today, yes, I'm very well aware of it, that is not a very welcome thing for women to hear, because it's the age of liberation and everyone is equal, well, we all are equally sinners in God's sight. And we all do equally find grace if if we're one of God's elect in God's sight, man and woman. And as far as certain areas are concerned, there should be equal pay or between a man and woman if both are doing the same job. That That isn't the point. In certain areas... God has established an authority structure, and one area is in the home. And and so in the house, the husband is the head. He has the final say. Now, God also speaks to the husband and tells him, love your wife. And, you know, you can have a good ruler, and you can have an evil ruler with the history of Israel or Judah proves that. The history of the world proves that. You can have a benevolent king or a wicked king. Someone who has the authority and exercises that authority in a God-glorifying way, and, and you'll find that with kings or governors or senators or within the church, with elders and deacons, or in the home with the husband. There are husbands that that have 
been given authority by God over the home, and they are to exercise that authority in a God-glorifying way, not as an evil king, not uh, beating down those that, that they have authority over. No, they are to rule following the commandments of God, and, and in the case of the husband, to love his wife. And that will mean that he'll take into consideration what she has to say, and he'll listen to her before making a decision. He'll he'll not just issue decrees and and say, "Woman, this is what we're doing," and I don't want to hear anymore. No, that that would not be a good rule. That that would not be exercising the authority God has given him in a right way. And and so he'll he'll listen, and sometimes the wife is right, and he'll do as the wife prefers, and so forth. But at other times, he will make the determination and, and say, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I understand you want to do that, but we can't do that. We're going to do it this way. And then at that point, the wife is to leave it alone. She's to leave it alone, and as long as it's lawful, what the husband is saying, and and what I mean is that a wife is to submit to her husband in all things lawful, and a lawful thing is that which is in accord with the law of God. The, the husband's not telling her to do something contrary to the law of God. If it's just a matter of what they're going to buy, the type of car, or the house, or those things, the husband... If he prefers this house over that house, of course, it'd be wise to take the wife's um, feelings into consideration in that matter. But let's just say it's a thing, it, it's it's a purchase, it, it's no big deal, really. Then the wife is not to uh, get upset and and start insisting she get her way, and then within the home there's trouble. There. Maybe you don't get dinner cooked or something else because she didn't get her way and she's trying to get her way by doing certain things and and uh, going around the authority of her husband. And that shouldn't be. The wife should say, okay, uh, okay, you're the husband. You have final authority. I let you know. I, I um, told you. Um, all that I could, why I wanted this, how much I wanted it, but in this case, all right, it's a lawful thing, we'll do it your way. Submit. That is what God would have a wife to do. Now, uh, this same word rule is found in Psalm 59 and in verse 13. Consume them in thy wrath... Consume them that they may not be, and let them know that God ruleth in Jacob unto the ends of the earth, Selah. God ruleth in Jacob is spiritually saying the same thing as Adam, or the husband, rules over the wife. God rules in Jacob, the elect, and Christ rules over his bride, 
And to show this, to illustrate this wonderful truth, and it is a wonderful truth, that God rules in Jacob. God has laid down authority within the home. And and uh, not just within the home, but but the home is a place that God especially has emphasized that it's a picture, that it reflects the spiritual truth of the relationship between Christ and all those that he has saved. As we know, um, it says in Ephesians chapter 5, in Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything, in practically everything, in most things. No, no, let the wives be subject to their husbands in everything. So there's not an area where this is left to the woman and the woman is to be the authority in that area. Now, the husband can say, well, when it comes to taking care of the house or when it comes to um, shopping or something like that, you're in charge. That's that's your area. You take care of the shopping and the money for that, and or you take care of of this area of the home. But but the woman is not to say, "Well, this is my area, and I will rule in this area," all on her own. She is to be subject to her husband, as the church is subject to Christ. The wife is subject to her own husband in everything, in all areas, in all areas of marriage. And uh, there, there are no exceptions to that. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, and this is a parallel scripture, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. And then husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And that, you know, that's a whole other subject matter regarding husbands and responding bitterly to their wives. But that's not our focus this time. And our focus is as our verse in Genesis is directing us. And in this instance, the direction from the Bible, is regarding husbands ruling. Husbands ruling over the wife. Husbands ruling in the home. Remember when we looked at this um, a few studies ago, in 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection. And the word subjection is, is the same word, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure it is, or it's a, a very closely related word to, to submit. 
Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. Again, subjection to husbands, the holy women of old, Likewise, we're in subjection because this is the law of God from the beginning. As we're reading in Genesis, it, and, and God established the marriage relationship. He established the authority structure in the home. Husbands rule over wives. And, and here in First Peter, the Lord is speaking of... Um, uh, Old time, in old time, the holy women trusted in God and were in subjection to their husbands. And then he gives an example in verse 6. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, are not afraid with any amazement. And, and, and so we go from creation 11,013 B.C., the time we're reading about in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, all the way down to Sarah and her marriage to Abraham. And Abraham was uh, was born 2167 B.C. That's about 9,000 years from creation. and And they weren't married at that time. It would have been a little further on. When, when she married Abraham and, and she was in submission, calling him Lord. And, and that's just an example showing the relationship that, that she looked to her husband Abraham as he was the head. He had the rule in the home. And, and remember, there was the time when Sarah wanted Abram uh, to go in unto Hagar, and he did. And then later, she wanted to cast out the bondwoman and her child. And it grieved Abraham that she wanted to do that, but God said, listen to her. And and that's another important point with a husband in discussion with a wife. And, and here the wife is pressing upon the husband. You have to get rid of this woman and her child. And Abraham easily could have said back to her, look, you're the one who told me to go in unto her. And it's all uh, a result of what you did. And, And the fingers can be pointed. Yet God intervened. And that's extremely necessary and important in every Christian house that they look to God for wisdom and insight and guidance and for God to settle disputes 
and and for the Lord to direct and and really it's not what the husband wants and it's not what the wife wants both should be looking to God what is your will o lord and and then in this case it was God's will for the husband to listen to the wife and to send away the bondwoman and her son and and so Abraham exercised proper authority he did what his wife wanted but he did so at the leading of God. Uh, you know, this is what is meant in Ecclesiastes in chapter 4, where it says in verse 12, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And so we know that in marriage, the two become one flesh. But it's also absolutely necessary for a marriage to endure, especially today in in this evil world and all the wicked things that are going on. Uh, the marriage institution is under assault. It's necessary for there to be a third partner in marriage, the threefold cord of husband and wife and God, God's spirit in the marriages as they look together towards God. And and uh, if there's a believing couple, they really should be praying together every day, praying to the Lord for help and strength and wisdom. And the husband should be praying, Oh, Father, help me to love my wife and and help me to uh, to lead and 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 to rule in the household in a good way and and in a proper way and not in a way that I am abusing the authority that you have entrusted and the wife ought to be praying for her husband that she could have the humility to submit and you know it's often looked at in the marriage relationship in the family actually God stresses he he stresses uh really in a big way that there must be humility in the family humility is the ingredient that will make for a happy home that will make for a peaceful house and for a home that is doing things god's way there has to be submission in in all relationships parents they they exercise rule over their children children are to submit to their parents you know it said of the lord jesus in luke in luke chapter 2 when christ was 12 and uh, that time he uh, went missing, or his parents didn't know where he he was for three days, and and then they found him in the temple, and um and and he said, "How did you not know I'd be about my father's business?" Well, in Luke two, in verse fifty one, it says, "And he went down with them, and came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart." The word subject is the word that means submit. 
Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Eternal God who has all power and all might and, and can speak a word and, and he did speak and created the whole earth and the sun, the moon, the stars. He is the God of all things. That this is an almighty being, the possessor of heaven and earth, and he has supreme authority over all, over everything. And notice the humility that he demonstrated as he was born of the Virgin Mary and, and was a little baby. And while he was a child, and we, we don't have the whole history, but this reveals what happened in the household of, of Joseph and Mary and the child Jesus. While Jesus was a child, he was subject unto them. His mother told him to do something, and in all things lawful, he did it. His stepfather told him to do something, in all things lawful, he did it. He was honoring his parents by submitting to them and and humbling himself to them. And, uh, you know, it's how God has not only set up the home to operate with children to parents and and with wife to husband, it, it it's not only there, but God has really established this in all areas of life, it says in First Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 13, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Notice that statement in 1 Peter 2.13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man that you agree with. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. And, and it also does not say Submit yourselves to every ordinance of God. It doesn't say that either. It It is not the ordinance of God, but the ordinance of man. And what is an ordinance of man? It's your local law. It's your state law and federal law. It's your government's law. It, it's, it's the law that says you have to go 25 in a 25-mile-per-hour zone or 55 on the highway it's the law that tells you to yield. It's the law that says stop at a stop sign. Or uh, it it's the law that says uh, this is the amount of tax you have to pay. And it's the law that says you must declare everything on your taxes. It is law after law after law. These are ordinances of men. And the, there are all kinds of people, and I don't know if true believers get caught up with this, but but since so many people around them do, it, it would be easy for a child of God to get caught up in, in being critical of their government and being critical of laws 
that are on the books, that are established, and trying to skirt your way around them, going around the law, not obeying the law. Well, this is a minor law. This this law, uh, you know, everybody does it, so I'm not going to pay any attention to that. And and yet the Bible says, the Bible says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Not most of them, but everyone. Given this one qualification, every ordinance of man that is lawful. And again, lawful according to the law of God. The, there's a greater law, a supreme law. And that's God's law that we read in the Bible. And as long as a government is commanding us to do something in accord with that greater law, we are to obey. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.